single Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM. 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on! That's you, Fergus. All those folks out there on Cunningham Road. All the little communities out there up and down the valley, up and down the 99 and the I-5. Two drug corridors that run through our county. You don't want to forget the I-5. I was reading in the, uh, let me get ready here. So many things to do. Oh, we're going to go out with this. I've got a funny one here. I want to share one of my one of my old humorous clips here at the end of the show. Uh, let me get that loaded. Okay. Hey, here we are, Saturday morning. Ah, uh, what is it? May 1st. May Day. May Day. Used to be a big celebration. You know, that was the uh, day, kind of the, uh, you know, start of spring, the planning, all of that good stuff before we had cars. Of course, we're headed that way again, unless you can afford the $85,000 Tesla. We're all going to get green. I don't think there's going to be any gas at the end of the summer. We're probably all going to be walking anyway. Time to get that bike. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, Benny, the CHP, the West Side, the drug corridors. I hear we have more Bennies. Benny and the Jets. More dogs, more drug interdiction. Because we are a HDIT, high drug interdiction, high drug trafficking corridor, whatever they call it. A lot of drugs go through. A lot of fentanyl. Boy, you only have to read the local arrest reports, what they get with these gang members rolling around Merced late at night. Guns, this and that. Man, there was one gun this cat had last week. It was a, I looked it up, it was FNN. Shoots like a little 223 round. <laughs> Use it for personal protection for bodyguards. I mean, where'd this cat get that 20 round clip? Isn't that illegal? He must have not have got the notice when he bought that. Oh, it's stolen. Oh, he was a felon in possession. Oh, I see. Well, like I say, you know, they're just going to take the gun. The gun grabbers just want to grab the guns from the good guys. And, you know, the bad guys, they don't, they don't really listen. They don't really, they don't really pay attention. You know, in the 6 o'clock hour, anyway, congratulations to the CHP for more bennies. One of the reasons you do not hear about the officers that handle the bennies is their lives are at stake because the cartel is alive and well here in this county as well as MS-13. And these officers' lives are in danger every single day, the handlers of these drug interdiction dogs. And I give them credit for being out there on the highways, getting this death off of our streets. And also the money, the money mules. It's not just the dope, but it's the money. We need to cripple these cartels because they're crippling our society, our children, our future. You don't realize how deadly this stuff is. So again, hats off, CHP, all law enforcement, really. I know the Sheriff's Department is doing a, a great job. Well, maybe not hand, maybe not hanging on to the prisoners so much, but, uh, you know, somewhat that's out of their control. Of course, you heard about the big jailbreak. That's right, another one. Another one! You know, we only used to hear about this in the Pazin administration. We used to fondly call the rock the bed and breakfast. In by 10, out by 8, or sooner. But uh, the first one 
was down at the Central Jail downtown. Now, let me tell you, that jail was built, I think, when Merced was incorporated in 18... I know it was April 1st. And that and that jail is a joke. That's, a, that's an April Fool joke there. And the folks, they got out, they went over the roof, tied the sheets together. You know, when you're sitting there in the prison, do you hey, who's the best knot tire here? Because I weigh, I don't know. I don't want that thing coming apart when I'm, uh, you know... 50, 60 feet above the ground. I think that was a three-story drop. Should we allow them that many sheets? Anyway, they tied them all together, got out. I think it was six or eight. Two are missing still. Where do you think they are? So they're gone. And then this other cat who killed two people driving the wrong way on Santa Fe, drunk on drugs. I think it was drugs. And again, I go back to Benny and the interdiction, the fentanyl and blah, 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 blah. I think he was on some sort of a narcotic. Didn't know where he was. Slammed a Crown Vic. Now, if you've ever seen a Crown Victoria, that's what the old, uh, what we used to drive around. I tell you, they were, they had a trunk. You could put a lot in there. Anyway, he slams head on into two people, kills them both in 2019. So let's see, 19 to 20, 20 to 21. That's two years by MCOE math, depending on the months. Kind of shows you how our justice system is working isn't it anyway so this cat breaks out through the drywall walls i liked how they put the spin on the story you know this was built by a guy that builds schools and uh you know they use drywall and uh porcelain sinks and uh well somebody had to tell him how to build it or you know what to make it out of i don't think this guy that builds schools just showed up with a truckload of material but i could be wrong now so this is a problem that's been going on for years this is not new my friends is what I'm saying. This is not new. I don't know why they just don't put some expanded steel mesh in between one of those layers of drywall because, man, I'll tell you, it works good for rats that try to gnaw through the... Uh, I've done a lot of service work in places where food is prepared. Let me tell you, rats, man, they will they will do almost anything to get to food. And Well, I imagine the people out at the mush, the rock, they want to do anything to get to freedom. Get back to the dope, get back to the uh, the criminal activity. That sort of thing. But, uh, you know, they, they know that this is a, a sieve over there at the Lataraca facility, the rock. They've known that for years. Hell, they have a problem with the correctional officers throwing stuff in. Years ago, Sedini. Anybody remember that guy? Yeah. What a nice guy. What a nice guy. Anyway, the point being is uh, there's a bond. Millions and millions of dollars that was given to the county of Merced to rebuild part of the rock back in 2015. Now, again, my MCOE math tells me that was almost five years ago, and nothing has been done except we've had escapes, we've had staff that has been exposed to very dangerous situations. When I heard that the sinks and toilets are made out of porcelain, man, somebody comes at you with a chunk of that. I mean, you you know, rounds down range. I'm not going to wait until that guy gets close to me. So this is a very dangerous situation, and I have to ask, where's our board of supervisors, and specifically Josh Pedrozo? Where is Josh Pedrozo? Because where was John Pedrozo? I believe he was sitting on the board back in 2015 or before when the bond was going through, and that wasn't the first time the bond was was attempted to get with this problem has been a an issue at the rock since they built it and with realignment 
I know they said in the article, well, it's just for overnight prisoners, eh, you know, maybe a week or two, maybe a month, but definitely not years and years and years. As this gentleman who broke out waiting since 2019, maybe he was sentenced and that's where it is. Again, we're not sending a lot of folks up to the state system. We're leaving them here locally, but yet not giving consideration to any new facility. So that's what happened. So again, this is not the sheriff's fault per se. I don't know if you can hear the chiseling noise as they go through the drywall. Drywall is pretty, pretty quiet. It's like chalk. And they did discover it within 47 minutes because they check every hour. And I believe after the last little incident downtown, things are, you know, tightened up a little bit. I know uh, the sheriff, after we interviewed him, indicated that uh, procedure would be followed going forward. I don't know what happened in the past. But over at The Rock, a jailbreak. Now, there were other prisoners that decided not to follow the guy that left. And that's, uh, that's kind of good. That kind of shows you a little deterrence. Uh, maybe they liked it there better. Maybe there was more. Maybe there's more advantage to staying than leaving. But I really have to ask Josh Pedroso, what are you going to do about public safety in the city of Merced? The jail break was in your district. Of course, The Rock is in Rodrigo's district. And I don't know, or is that uh, Mr. Silvera's district? That could be Scotty's district. And I just don't know what we're going to do about getting this facility off dead center. We lose buying power every month. I believe $100,000 in buying power on that bond because we have to pay the money back. There's financing costs, that sort of thing. It is a bond, after all. The investors get their money back. And so this is very, very uh, frustrating, very, very difficult. And I wonder if the Board of Supervisors, what, what is it going to take for you guys collectively specifically Supervisor Pedroso from District 2 that represents downtown where the last jailbreak occurred. I heard crickets. From, I think he read to some school kids or something, colored a book. But I've heard crickets from the supervisor about what he's going to do about public safety. I'm sure that all the supervisors are concerned about public safety, but how long are we going to let this problem go on? Because all the vaccinations in the world aren't going to protect you from people that escape from prison and could bring other problems back into the community. So very disappointing to see the jailbreak again. And I would hope that uh, somebody would take the leadership over there at the helm, finally, about public safety and this bond and what's going on. You look at all the money we spend on mental health, just go to uh, Transparent California. Pull up Merced County. Pick a year. Look at the top ten, some of the wages going on over there. And what kind of decisions are we getting? What, si what kind of progress are we getting? Roads and public safety. That's really the, the two things we, we really look for the county to do, and government in general, along with the other services, municipal services, and they're not doing a really great job at roads. I don't know if you've noticed. I know they've had a lot of tax measures, a lot of things, a lot of ways to try to, uh, you know, band-aid approach. But the roads out there are terrible, absolutely terrible. They're never going to be able to keep up and maintain the, the uh, current condition at the current pace 
of replacement and repair. And when we come to our jail facilities, that sort of thing, we, we pump all this money into schools and ionizing and, you know, new filters and new this and new that. Try to defeat the COVID, get the kids safely back in school. How about keeping the prisoners safely away from the rest of society so they don't cause any more harm? And you have the money. You have the money. So I really question whether public safety is a concern of this board when you look at the condition of the facilities we have. Well, you know, there was a lot of talk. I talked most of the 6 o'clock hour about the situation in Atwater that happened Monday night at the council meeting. Uh, Very, very disturbing. You can go back on 1480kyos.com and listen to that after 10 o'clock today. Atwater, as you know, in the past has had some controversy. The former mayor had an issue of eradicating some pesky animals over there at his workplace. We had a little fun with that on Citizen Watch and recorded this classic moment. Let's go out of this segment with it. Hello, flight support. Yeah, I was looking to get a hold of uh, Jim. He's on the flight line. Hold on just a minute. I'll transfer you now. Yeah, this is Jim. Hey, I just wanted to see how it's going out there. Hold on a minute. These damn squirrels. These damn squirrels are eating up all the wiring. I'm going to get you. I got you now. Watch out. This one's for you, buddy! Hey, well, I can tell you're busy. I'll uh, get back to you later. So, just a little snippet from the Citizen Watch Comedy Vault. Bringing back some old memories from our friends there in Atwater. So don't worry, Paul. You're not the only one that has a little unwanted publicity. Well, we're out of time for this segment of Merced County Morning News. We'll be back. There's two more left, and then the bonus half hour. You don't want to miss it. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your pally. Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Stick with us through the break. Harmless little fuzzball every Saturday morning coming to you on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk. 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS, Citizen Watch, every Saturday morning, May 1st, May Day. So happy to have you here with me. You know, in uh, May, big celebration, May Day, around the Maypole. You always hear about the Maypole. Kind of a celebration of spring, renewal, life. As we do so many things. And up in Mariposa on Highway 49, just down from Bear Valley, is one of the largest exposed grant, uh, excuse me, quartz formations in the Sierra. There's a little uh, what are those, historical marker right there. 
And it used to be the site on days like today, May 1st, of big celebrations. The whole county would go there, outdoor events, picnics, all types of festivities around this, uh, excuse me, I keep saying granite, around this quartz outcropping there along Highway 49 outside of Mariposa, between Mariposa, very, very close to the little intersection there of Bear Valley Road and Highway 49, just before you go down the hill into Bagby. So if you're up and around that area, it's kind of interesting, the history. If you go online, you can see some of the pictures of events there. It's just amazing, people all up on that rock, on the quartz formation, uh, taking the picture back in the old day. You know, everybody had to stay still. So a lot of history up there in the mother load. Of course, I believe they're in, uh, what, they're in tier green or yellow up there. They're doing very well. As far as the pandemic here in Merced, ah, not so good. We're still in the red. I think everybody's just pretty much given up the next 45 days. June 15th, we're supposed to get into the, uh, well, I guess it's supposed to all be gone. Still maybe going to have to wear masks and that sort of thing. You know, have to have a little control over you. And to the people that, you know, say, you know, really this mask thing, you're making a big deal of it. I I really see this morphing in. You may say I'm, uh, you know, (laughs) thinking too much, but I I can see this morphing into control in other ways of society under the guise of safety. And we've already seen some rumblings on this when it comes to gun control, keeping dangerous things away from people that shouldn't have them, preventative measures, red flag laws, these sort of things. And really has been brought up has been brought up in the forum of public safety for a long time, especially at your doctor's office. We've heard about the questionnaires. Doctor, you know, are there any firearms in the house? You know, again, uh, trying to define if there's any hazards that may be around. I don't know what the purpose of some of those questions are, other than to just gather information. But this mask wearing and even though you've been vaccinated, you still have to wear them because, of, again, of safety. And so I really think that's uh, getting abused a lot. And it's why you see some of the resistance to the vaccination programs that are going on now. Only, as we talked about earlier, only about 25% of the people have been fully vaccinated in Merced County. A little higher percentage of one dose. But again, reading some of the articles, people aren't going back for that second dose. They're saying, no, thank you in no uncertain terms that they don't want it. They don't They don't want anything to do with it. So uh, very, very interesting what's going on on the vaccination front. And I don't know where that's headed. Is there going to be mandatory vaccination? Again, because of safety, personal choice, is, uh, is it going to be taken away in the name of safety? Hard to say. Who knows what's going to go on. Hey, next week, we're into May now. And as you know, May Day is one celebration that well, it really isn't celebrated that much anymore. May Day celebrations, uh, dancing around the Maypole, celebrating spring, that sort of thing, the harvest or the uh, the planning of renewal, that sort of thing. But uh, what is celebrated is Cinco de Mayo, the celebration mostly known for party time, now is going to be turned into the first night of the Mercado downtown. This is a resurgence, a reinvention, a relaunch of many efforts to try to get people into downtown Merced along Main Street on a weeknight during the weekdays. And this is, uh, you know, we had the farmer's market, we had ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, all these different things. So what's old is new again. So we're coming back with the Cinco de Mayo kickoff on Wednesday. Uh, Is that Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. I believe the subsequent 
six meetings or six uh, events are going to be on Thursdays, which was traditionally the farmer's market night, as they were affectionately called at one time. I think there was a lot of, uh, you know, summer nights. There was a lot of different programs. They used to have a big deal for the university community downtown until that got a little dicey. I understand there will be security on Wednesday night downtown, and I would hope so, especially the first kickoff event. And it's supposed to really, I think it goes all the way from MLK up to M or N. Takes into Canal Street all the way down to 18th Street. So it's a really big area. Food vendors, street vendors, food, all kinds of stuff. It'll be interesting to see with the socially distanced crowd what goes on. Some some folks may be still afraid to come out. I know you can uh, be a vendor. Uh, I think there's still some spots left. But again, that's being headed up by the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. They really need somebody to organize these events. They've had the Downtown Association, the Merced Main Street Association, all different kinds of organizations have tried to head this up. So we'll see if this is successful. Uh, the, again, the first, the kickoff, the Mercado, the market, I think is what that means. And that's going to be on Cinco de Mayo. So you want to uh, make sure you've done that. I don't know if anybody remembered. I'm not even going to read that. Let's see. Let's go to, we talked about vaccination resistance. Oh, there's a city council meeting this Monday, a Merced city council meeting. It'll be interesting to see if anybody brings up, especially the council members. I'm sure they'll wait until the end. I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll respond to comment. Uh, the situation that Bertha Perez put the council in, Councilwoman Perez, District 3 Representative Perez, Put the balance of the council in by her comments, uh, very inappropriate comments in my mind. And I believe there should be, uh, at minimum, a reprimand, a censure, a uh, don't do that again, you don't speak for us. And again, don't, don't, don't fall on the, oh, she didn't know, she's new. Hardly, hardly. This is a very savvy person when it comes to political things and how to exert pressure on uh, individuals. It was obvious by her diatribe. Monday night at the Atwater City Council meeting, also by her Facebook posts, which were printed in the paper. Well, not all the letters. Had a lot of asterisks in there. And I think this behavior is just completely unacceptable by a sitting council person, let alone by, you know, there were several members of the public there that were just grandstanding, using the foul language. Again, several members of the public supporting Mayor Creighton. You can hear all of that in our 6 o'clock hour that we've already recorded. It's there on the internet. You can pull it up after 10 o'clock today, 1480kyos.com, the podcast. Just click on the banner. But Bertha Perez, Councilwoman Perez, I understand if you have an opinion, uh, everybody's entitled to their opinion. The First Amendment still very strong. That's why I'm on the radio right now. But when you represent yourself as one of the Merced City Council offering an olive branch to a mayor of another city to either apologize or else, publicly calling him very bad names with invectives. And you can say, well, I didn't say it. Yeah, you did. You said, I'll call anybody a, uh, who is a, and, and you were alluding to the mayor of Atwater. And I think without any evidence, without anything that's been published, without anything that's been posted on the internet, well, that, without any sort of audio, visual, video, anything, you take the side of uh, somebody who is operating without a license, and uh, it just speaks volumes of your character and who you really are. And it makes you wonder, are you protecting the business owners of District 3? 
or just who you think should be protected. I think when you took the oath, and I think you did hold up your hand, I'm not so sure about, well, I think Jesse held up his hand. He just doesn't salute the flag every meeting. But I think you took the oath to uphold the laws of the state of California and the Constitution of the United States. And as long as we have those rules and we have those laws about being licensed and health permits and that sort of thing, and I think it's unfair that the County Board of Supervisors would leave this individual, this mayor, swinging in the wind when they have a valid interest, too, in health department issues because the county issues health permits. I read from you the July 2010 story from the Merced Sunstar about the Merced County Sheriff's deputies cracked down on illicit fruit sales. This is not new. This is not something that goes on in our community that hasn't gone on in our community. Excuse me. It goes on every weekend, Mother's Day, Easter, the different things come out. I mean, you name a corner, they're out there. I don't know who puts these people out there. No restrooms, no facilities. A lot of times in very bad situations, no parking. Meanwhile, normal businesses have a barrage of rules and requirements they must comply with, permits they must have in hand, or they'll be shut down. And they have been shut down for most of the last year and a half. So when you have a mayor that's concerned and it it's turned into a racial incident. Well, that's one thing. But to have a sitting council member go up and berate the mayor in an open council meeting without any sort of evidence other than her perceptions of how somebody was treated without any evidence, couldn't cite any phrases, any comment other than he was enforcing the law and that was wrong because of the person the law was being enforced against. And this is where the conversation has completely gone off the rails. So what is the Merced City Council going to do about it? I know what you did to one of your own, a council member who's still on the council, Fernando Echeverria, what you did to him last year in a censure, asked him to resign. He wouldn't. He was defiant in the paper, just as Bertha Perez was in her comments about the mayor of Atwater. But will there be the will, will there be the, do I dare use the word backbone of this council to do anything about it? A censure is a very serious thing. It's about the most serious thing a council can do to another sitting council person without that council person stepping down. And if you think Bertha Perez is going to step down, well, think again. And I don't know if a recall has even been contemplated because... Well, this is popular now, this kind of rhetoric, this kind of diatribe, this kind of invective toward authority, this challenging of authority. But what's the authority going to do? What's the council going to do? Or are they just going to let it, let it go due to, oh, she's new, only been in office a few months. Really? Okay. Well, we'll see. There are other things on the city council meeting that will be happening Monday night, in closed session, they're going to try to hammer out uh, or work on the firefighters, International Association of Firefighters, Local 1479. They're in negotiation. And again, they should be supported because, again, public safety is one of the primary goals and responsibilities, primary successful goal and responsibility of government, along with providing an opportunity for economic activity to happen, commerce, that sort of thing. They're also going to be meeting with the Merced Association of City Employees, MACE, 
Time to hammer out some contracts there. Uh, it's bike month here in Merced. That's May. Nice thing for that. You know, everybody wants to ride their bikes. It's going to be a proclamation in support of Merced's Asian American community. That's a ceremonial item along with bike month. And it's also Municipal Clerks Week. Now, this is a great thing. I'm all support. Our clerks are hardworking behind the scenes and in front of the camera. Working, too. But Jennifer Levesque over there has done a wonderful, wonderful job. Kudos to her. John Tresseter. Again, just a wonderful job they do, keeping everything in order, the records, that sort of thing. The main city clerk is the city manager, Stephanie Dietz. And I would imagine by default, she'll be included in Clerks Week or Clerks, what is it, Clerks Week? Yeah, Clerks Week. They only get a week? Come on. So it's Municipal Clerks Week. Should be Municipal Clerks Year. And that's going to be received by Jennifer Levesque, the assistant city clerk. Because the real city clerk is uh, Stephanie Dietz, if you get, you get technical. Anyway, look, hey, boy, we're out of time. Can you believe how quick it goes? I want to play a next segment. We're going to play a comment by Kevin DeLeon. He was the Speaker of the House up there in Sacramento several years ago. I was going to play that in the 6 a.m. hour. and kind of We kind of get off on different tangents about water storage and the futility of building dams in his mind. And You just got to hear this. This is from a couple of years ago, but even more important now that we're in the middle of a drought. So I just wanted to refresh folks a memory we'll be right back after this segment of citizen water after these commercials for the third and final segment of citizen watch so many things here a lot of buttons we'll be right back Saturday morning, third and final segment, the 8 o'clock hour. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS, it's Citizen Watch. May 1st, May Day, so happy to have you here with me. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been together. Had a great guest, Rob Bapti. His wife, Andrea, wasn't in here, Andrea, but I'll tell you, she's the uh, she's the rock behind him there. He does a lot of great things for the community. Almost $2 million this young man has given to great causes. Ronald McDonald House, Make-A-Wish, all kinds of wonderful, wonderful things. I think he was uh, shooting sporting clays this week to help Ronald McDonald House. They put families up when their children are going through some very, very serious things over at the different hospitals, different things. So anyway, again, I want to thank Rob Bapti, very, very Special guest, special person to this community. Also a principal over at Balico, or Balico, as I tried to make a little joke. But Balico, school district over there, really nice guy. Uh, You can catch that interview if you want to go back and listen to it if you didn't hear it enough the last two weeks. 1480kyos.com. Click on the podcast banner. There they are, Citizen Watch First, then Roger, Community Conversation. You can listen to his shows too. That's right, we got Raj on there. Well, let's get back into the city council meeting. I know I, got, I, know I told you I'm going to play. Oh, let's just play it now, and then we'll get back into the city council meeting. This is from Kevin DeLeon. DeLeon. This is from the Maddie report. I didn't date it. It was several years ago. Talking about impoundment. Water. Now, you'll hear Kevin DeLeon say, you know, we don't want to have a stranded investment. In other words, 
You build something and they don't come, like high-speed rail, for instance. You know that high-speed rail here in Merced, just to take a moment out of a moment, is getting ready to start. That's right, Kitty Land, baby. The uh, train, the Kiwanis, beautiful little high-speed rail version. It carries more passengers than HSR ever will. They're getting ready to start up. So happy to see that little train chugging around the tracks over there at Kitty Land. Great to see those events starting to open up. But Kevin DeLeon was talking about if we uh, build dams and what if it never rains again? We never get the water. And you'll hear him talking about conservation. And he says something very telling about those that hang on to the very end on impoundment. So he's admitting there's going to be an end to your future when it comes to impoundment. Let's listen to Mr. DeLeon. We've got to think about water storage. We've got to think about, you know, how we can move you know, this. I want to ask you about storage. storage. Absolutely. Because that's a big issue. And yes. Certainly the valley. Dams. There's also, uh, you can bank the groundwater underneath. Uh, there's also conservation. So what, what is the answer for the supply of water? Is it all of the above or should we focus on the most efficient and effective way to increase the supply? I think that by far and large it's all of the above, but I think we have to be very efficient. I think we have to continue to conserve. I think conserving is the new new. I think that's going to be with us uh, in perpetuity. Uh, A lot of my neighbors conserved. are taking out their lawns. Yeah, we never conserved because we always had an abundance of water. Why conserve when you had water that was running freely right. in perpetuity? At least that's what many folks thought. That's no longer the case because of the climate change and because of the drought. We're not sure what's going to happen next year. However, the issue of above storage and underground storage is very interesting. You can build as many dams as you want above storage. The question is, is the water going to come? We're elected officials, politicians. We're not scientists, nor are we shamans who can predict if we're gonna, the water is going to come forward or not. Why invest billions of dollars of hard-earned taxpayer money to build something if the water never comes? We have to be very intelligent. Can we conserve water? Can we have below storage right. uh, well, water? Do the same is, thing. Are we going to have snowpack? And then that's what would feed the dams. And one of the questions with climate change is maybe there's less snowpack and maybe dams might not be the way to go. There's a big unpredictability. And I get it for very special, uh, a powerful interest in parts of Central Valley. Uh, they are committed and wedded until the very end to the issue of above storage. But I just want us to think about this very intelligently before we pull the trigger and move forward. I, I've only got 30 seconds left with this segment. So many questions I want to ask you, but I want to ask you a last question on transportation. We've got $58 billion or so in highway uh, maintenance backlog needs to be addressed. Yes. The governor's proposed $3.6 billion to start to begin to address that issue. What's the answer there? The answer is we have to uh, help build up our infrastructure, roads, local highways, as well as public transportation, uh, bridges that are crumbling and falling apart. We need to invest in our infrastructure. When we do so, it grows the economy. We put people to work. People who live in Central Valley, from Fresno to Kern County, Bakersfield, we can put them to work. But we need Democrats and Republicans working together in concert. So very interesting comments by Kevin DeLeon regarding above-ground storage and also infrastructure, a word that's getting beaten over the head lately as far as what the definition of it is. And let me just say dams are infrastructure, roads are infrastructure, and you heard the backlog that we have, billions of dollars, we're allotting just a fraction of what it takes to take care of the backlog, let alone that every second those roads are getting beat to death by the cars that are on them right now, and they will eventually need to be repaired. So they'll get in the queue, if you will, to be repaired, and the money just isn't there. And when it talks about, and when he talks about building dams and 
being a stranded investment. What if the water doesn't come? <laughs> you know, we have to be smart. He said, I think, three times we have to be intelligent. But he admits we're not scientists. We're policymakers. You know, we're not shamans. But yet they know more than you and I and will tell us what we can't do and what we should do and what we will do. This green energy thing is uh, really a big hoax. Hydrocarbons are going to be with us for the foreseeable future. What the current administration do is doing, besides ruining the sovereignty of this country, you're watching your country slip away. You're, we're seeing America go backwards. We were energy independent. Now we'll be energy dependent. Our alliances with foreign countries is going to be, well, strengthened because we're going to need their resources because we're afraid or too concerned to mine our own. It's really sad. It's really, really sad. So water is a huge deal. I wanted to play that. Really nothing's changed since that was since that was recorded. Like I say, it was years ago. Infrastructure. We don't believe in infrastructure when it comes to dams, the hard things, bridges, roads, things like that. Now we want to turn it into the green economy, social programs to strengthen education, that sort of things. Totally away from what infrastructure used to be. And we only have to look to our little community of Merced. I don't know if folks have noticed the barricades over there on G Street from Bear Creek all the way down going towards Child. I don't know how far it goes. I think just till Park. But they had a water main break, big water main break. Now, I find it hard to believe it's going to take two weeks for this thing to get fixed. I have to believe that it must be a part we need. Something needs to be ordered or fabricated or otherwise procured to take care of the issue because that's going to be a major, major traffic jam uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. So be aware of that. I was driving home from the station doing my morning news uh, stint last week, and there was a huge water main break. It was either Monday night or Tuesday night. I, I kind of get lost in the mornings and the nights there. But the bottom line, huge water main break over on 21st Street between Glen and G. And it's my understanding that with the change of the weather, these type of things are much more prevalent to happen. And this is what we're seeing. The weather's getting warm. The ground's moving. The water's moving. Things are happening. And our infrastructure is showing its age. And believe me, my friends, there's a lot of infrastructure in this town, not just water mains, but sewer mains, all kinds of things that the city is responsible for that need to be replaced, sidewalks, uh, trees, you name it. There's a lot of infrastructure, things that would generally, normally be called infrastructure that need to be replaced and no money for it. These enterprise accounts, as the water accounts are, are supposed to pay for themselves. Yeah, they have some money in reserve for issues like this water main break but what about replacement it's like all the roads they eventually need to be repaved well the water mains eventually need to be replaced a lot of cast iron out there old uh, service lines some are even too small especially when we talk about sewer we look about we look at the new sewer wastewater master plan there's what they call choke points areas where there's constriction when all the flow is flowing during a rainstorm something like that peak flows and those areas need to be looked at, and that's infrastructure. And those are a lot of them in existing areas of town that are already built out. There's no vehicle for CFDs, community facility districts, some financial vehicle to pay for this other than the ratepayers, which, again, that's not enough. When you look at the prevailing wage and what some of this stuff costs, it's absolutely incredible. Anyway, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit about water and 
some of the thoughts up there in Sacramento, some of the uh, logic, and to me it's lack of it. Again, these folks seem to know more than you and I, and if you dare uh, try to go against them, well, they just call you crazy and silly, climate denier, this type of thing. As I said, California, the only state in the union that 50% of the people buy in to climate change and that we need to completely get rid of everything we're doing now, 50%, and uh, do something different. Let's go back through the Merced City Council meeting. We'll finish up the segment with this. And we only have the bonus half hour to get in the can. Ah, consent items. Where were we? Hmm, let's see. Consent item. Approval landscape maintenance services with EMTS, Inc., Maintenances of various community facility districts in the annual amount of $251,000 for a two-year term and option for a three additional one-year term. So what is that? Five, three plus two is five. Five years of a new landscaper. I know we were using, oh gosh, I forget who the guy was, but had a lot of, I don't know a lot, but there were some concerns about that contract. So I don't know who EMTS is, but they are doing a bunch of Different facility districts, West Bellevue, Bright Development, Compass Point, Compass Point Apartments, Cypress Terrace, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's the whole city, but it's $251,000 worth. So when you guys are paying your property taxes, which that second payment was due last month. By the way, the delinquency notices will be going out. The nasty gram from Karen Adams. Make sure you get that in. Well, that's where this money goes goes for. Okay, consent item. Agreement with uh, Lair Auto Electric. They're going to uh, do $97,000 work on some of our police cars, six patrol vehicles. They're going to outfit them. You know, because when you buy them from Ford or Tesla or wherever we're getting these things from, they don't have all of the bells and whistles. So we're going to outfit six police patrol vehicles and one canine vehicle for the doggy woggy. Uh, $64,000. bucks. that $64,000? What's the $97,000? Oh, not to exceed $97,000. What do you bet they, they don't exceed it? But I bet it goes over 67. Okay, award and bid, construction, standard demolition, well site three. Now, you know, I don't like this one. It's on the consent item. This is the old water tank over there by the Catholic Church, over there on 12th Street. It's been a landmark for the west side of Merced. I don't think they should tear it down. $274,000 bid. It's a historical landmark. Evidently, they've uh, finally got a bid they like. I say make it into a park. Let's paint it. Let's make it a focal point of South Merced. Ronnie DeAnda, where are you? Please stand up and and say something. You represent that side of town along with Mr. Echevarria. I I just hate to see that old historical landmark go. It's such a focal point along 99. You can see it from the courthouse. Well site 3 tank removal. Don't do it. Don't don't tear it down. Come on. You know they were going to tear down the courthouse one time? The courthouse is now a courthouse museum. It's hard to believe, isn't it? So sometimes we're faced with things that seem like a really good idea at the time. But when we look back on them, we go, why did we ever do that? And I don't know, call me myopic, but I think that well site number three, that old China hat water tower, as they called it, that was the style, has the overhang eaves on the top. There's a couple of them. There's one over on M Street. Again, I just, I just think it should be turned into a community park personal opinion all right let's see security grant program vehicle repeaters that's kind of dead uh, alcohol for a new ampm over there on yosemite and g you know uh, public convenience because we have too many alcohol permits in this town so uh that's one of the things you have to do is 
is uh, dictate a public necessity, public convenience, because you got to get your beer. And let me tell you, on the way to the uh, university, you do not want to deprive those graduate students of a libation while they discover the next cure for whatever. Man, can you believe how quick? Can you believe how quick time flies? Oh, we got to get ready. I have to do everything myself. Oh, my lord! Hey, you don't want to uh, you don't want to miss Dave Luna tonight. Cruising for with I always get that wrong. Cruising with Dave Luna, five o'clock. He ought to have a six-hour show, like I do every Saturday. Hey, we're out of time for this eight o'clock hour of Citizen Watch. We'll be back in the bonus half hour. You don't want to miss it. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll cover the rest of the Merced City Council meeting and some other thoughts after the break.